Welcome to Vegetarians and Meat Lovers, the podcast that will give you split table recipes. Is your family composed of vegetarians and meat eaters? Do some of those in your family only go for the meatless portions while others love meat? Do you want to feed both vegetarians and meat eaters easily at the same time? Well, if so, your situation is just like my family's. My name is Julie Hogue, and yep, I'm the vegetarian in a family of meat lovers. I've had to learn to cook for both types of diets for every meal for the last 27 years, so I've had a lot of experience. It's not as hard as you'd think to cook to accommodate both types of diets, but it does take paying attention to detail, thinking outside the box, and a bit of extra work, but less work than being a short-order cook. But the good news is it's very possible to do. In this podcast, I will share tips, advice, and recipes to help you feed your varied diet family better with less time with one recipe. I'm going to read a post from my blog. I'm on juliehoguewriter.com where I have many recipes. And I also have a cookbook out, which is One Dish, Two Diets. And I'm going to put that down in the podcast notes so that you could easily access it. But this is something I have learned to do through many years. And I don't make it complicated because I have three boys (laughs) and a husband and they all love to eat meat. And I'm the vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian since about the eighth grade and I really wanted to start in the fifth grade. But I kind of held off for a while, and then I slowly kept leaving meat out of my diet. I just couldn't eat it anymore. So if you have a child like that, stay tuned. I have advice for you. And right now, I'm going to read my article from my website, How to Cook for a Split Table of Vegetarians and Meat Eaters. Is your family composed of vegetarians and meat eaters? Do you have family members who yearn for meatless Monday meals, while other members of your family crave meat at every meal? That describes my family, and out of a desire to not always be a short-order cook, I began to make hybrid recipes. My family of five is what I call a hybrid family composed of vegetarians and meat eaters. We are a split table with regards to our diets. I'm giving tips on how to cook for a split table of vegetarians and meat eaters based on years of experience cooking this way for my own family. My tips will help you reduce time in the kitchen making two separate meals, which will lead to more enjoyable family meals. My tips will also help when you are having a vegetarian over for dinner, when other guests like meat. Try one of my recipes to make the meal work for both diets from one recipe. Most of my recipes do include dairy, but you could substitute out for non-dairy, like almond milk or something, if you prefer or you avoid dairy products. How to cook for a split table of vegetarians and meat by making hybrid recipes. What is a hybrid recipe? Well, this is a term that I coined, and I made it up. And what it is, is it's a recipe that works for a split table. It's a recipe made for a family composed of vegetarians and meat eaters like mine. So, If you see it anywhere else, you know, maybe someone copied me, but I didn't see it anywhere else when I created the term hybrid recipes. It's my way of referring to recipes that contain a meatless and a meat-containing portion. It's really not that hard to cook in this manner. It's just about being mindful when cooking. Keep listening for my tips and recipes that I will be releasing weekly on this podcast. Okay, first, 
Split the recipe in half before the meat is added. Simple, right? Make it a recipe work for both vegetarians and meat eaters. It's very easy to do when the recipe is split in half before the meat is added to one of the halves. By being mindful during preparation, you can easily cook this way yourself for your own family or dinner guests. In this method, you simply start the recipe and split it in half into two portions before the meat is added, and then continue on with the recipe. One of my favorite meals to do this with is chili because my family loves chili. So on my blog, I have a two crockpot hybrid chili recipe to feed vegetarians and meat eaters. So you do need two crockpots for this, but check that out and that recipe will be definitely coming on this podcast as well. You can already get it in my book that's already live. I have it in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And when you get the audiobook, you get a complimentary ebook with it. That is on Amazon, and I'll put the link to that down in the podcast notes so you can easily access it. Okay, next tactic to do this is keep the meat pieces big. Keeping the meat pieces big works great for keeping the meat-free section separated from the meat-containing portion. For instance, if you are making a chicken and rice dish and you want a meatless portion to the dish, add full skinless chicken breast to one side of the pan on the rice and marinated tofu or marinated parabola mushroom caps, one of my favorites, on the other side. Since the meat pieces are large, they won't drift to the meat side of the dish. You will have an easily made hybrid dish this way. Also, since the meat pieces are large, it will be obvious which portions contain meat and which are vegetarian. If you use little pieces, which you can do, you just have to have a little bit more space in between the two sections. I've done this many times, and generally you don't get drift. If you have a lot of fluid in the dish, you might get some drift. So generally when I do add meat, I do it less than half. Or if I'm doing three quarters, I do less than three quarters in case there is a bit of drift of meat to the meatless section. Okay, another one. Add the meat in last for casseroles and quiches. This is a simple way to make a hybrid dish by simply adding the meat in last rather than mixing it into the whole during the meal prep. Mix up all the ingredients for the dish except the meat. Have that separate. When you add the mixture to the cooking dish, simply add the meat in last where desired. An example of this I have done in my tomato basil hybrid vegetarian and ham croissant crust quiche. Woo, that's a mouthful, (laughs) where the ham chunks are added in last. And this recipe is actually going in my quiche cookbook that is releasing soon. I'm in the Midwest. I'm in Minnesota. So I'm very influenced by hot dishes and Midwestern cooking. So this will be coming out very soon. I've been making quiches for my family for quite a while. They're they're pretty tired of quiches because <laughs> you have to make them and remake them and modify them. So I've just, they're, they're quiched out. I've given them so many quiches. <laughs> it's become a thing. Oh, another quiche. But when you're making a cookbook, you need to do them a lot, right? To perfect the recipes. So when you think of adding in the meat last, it's an easy concept. Think of a half and half pizza where the meat is added to the top half of the dish on one half only. It's simple. You can apply this simple, easy principle to many, many dishes. The hybrid recipes are easy for busy families. My meals are not gourmet or complex. I'm not classically trained as a chef. I'm trained by life. And I have been fully trained by my own experiences. I've been cooking for over 27 years for my family, and I've been cooking in a way where I'm making a meat portion and a non-meat portion. It's not complex. It's not this amazing thing. 
It's just a mindset and you can do it too. I started cooking as a teenager and my methods have evolved through the years. My cooking ideas have been shaped by my mom life while raising three boys and being a vegetarian. I began cooking as a teenager because my mother had passed away and I became the primary cook for our family. I enjoyed cooking and it became something that I really learned a lot. My grandma was a fabulous cook, as was my mom, so I learned a lot from them as well. Since I'm a busy mom, I create these easy, realistic recipes other moms can also make. As a food blogger who also focuses on family topics, I want to share recipes that are easy for families to make with common ingredients that are easy to find, at least in the U.S. I can't speak for other countries because I'm American and this is I guess I speak from my experience, but I hope you can easily find these ingredients or substitutions in your own country. I want hybrid recipes to be practical and realistic recipes that work for everyday meals. I love gourmet cooking. I don't have the time. I want them to be doable and easy and in more of a mainstream vegetarian style than one where ingredients are only found in certain specialty stores. Yes, those are great. I love to do those, but I don't have time to do that all the time. (laughs) I do easier recipes because that's what I have time for. These ideas are what I strive for in recipe creation, so it is reflective in my recipes. They are meant for people who do lacto-ovo-vegetarian diet because many include dairy products, though they occasionally will write a vegan recipe, but I'm sure you could easily substitute, you know, almond milk or, you know, vegan mayonnaise or any of the kinds of milks, like rice milk, all those, I'm sure that you could do that. I haven't done it very much because I tend to include dairy in my diet at this time. A little bit more about my story. I've been a full vegetarian since I was in the eighth grade, beginnings starting around fifth grade, as I mentioned earlier. The rest of my family eats meat. Since I believe in free choice for all, I don't force my ways on my family. They choose to eat meat. I don't. And so, I make it work for my family, and I've never forced my children to be vegetarians. That is their choice, and I don't believe in that kind of parenting, so I don't do that. I do try to buy free range from humane farmers whenever I can, because I believe for those who do eat meat, it should be natural, and most importantly, humane. Our world needs more farmers who do these types of practices, so I love to support these organic farmers who give free range to their animals, their chickens for eggs. That's important to me. The meats and the eggs do cost more, but it's worth it to me for the humane factor and to support these important farmers. I believe it's healthier for the consumer too. I am so lucky that we have a farm near us. Do you have any farms near you that do these kinds of things? And they sell free range eggs from a humane certified farmer, which makes me so excited. I want to support that kind of farmer. That's the kind of farmer who makes foods that I want to feed my family and feel good about. Look for a local farm near you who also follows humane practices or look in your grocery store for these types of food products. Some stores do carry them, and I feel like they're becoming more and more common. If we all buy more of them, the price will likely go down, and more farmers like this will be able to adapt to more humane ways, and they'll become more popular the way it should be. Even if you're unable to commit to this type of purchasing, I hope that This post still helps your family, even if you aren't able to purchase those more expensive items. More about my cookbook. One Dish, Two Diets, Recipes for Hybrid Families Composed of Vegetarians and Meat Eaters Cookbook. 
Whether members of your family are vegetarians for ethical reasons, like me, for dietary preference, or for health reasons, making meals that work for both vegetarians and meat eaters within a family can be a challenge. However, I find it very doable. If you're looking for more hybrid cooking tips and some hybrid recipes, check out my cookbook. I hope that I can bring you amazing recipes through this podcast, and I'm really excited to be doing this podcast. I've been a blogger for years. I'm also an author. I have the cookbook that I've written, and I'm also an author for YA Romance. I have the book Hungry Hearts Out, which is a YA romance, so you could always check that out too. And my blog is at juliehoagwriter.com. And I have many family topics there, family travel, family cooking, some DIY, things about pets if you happen to like guinea pigs, (laughs) and dogs, Uh, lots of things for kids and families. That's my, my blog. So I'll put the link to that down in the podcast notes as well. And I hope you can check it out. And I hope you follow my podcast. Give me a rating and review. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I have so many things to share with you, and I'm really, really excited to be beginning this journey on this podcast. So you can check out many recipes on my blog, on my website, juliehogwriter.com, and the other book that I have out there is a self-help book, 40 Ways to Honor Your Mom After She Has Passed Away. It's a little book. It's really helpful. It's things that I learned, and I wrote a blog post about this, and it's always very popular, especially around Mother's Day. So it's there and I decided to put it out into the world in paper form as well. So check that out. It will help you give it to someone as a gift. Oh, it's it's a great book full of many amazing things. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm excited to be starting this journey in podcasting. This is going to be really fun and I can't wait to share all the amazing ways to cook with you. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing day.